You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Isaiah chapter 55 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, Come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me, hear and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God, and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord, while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. And let's pray one more time. Lord, I pray that you would bless and I pray you'd speak to our hearts from the word of God this morning. May we not miss these truths. I pray that you would uh, take away and uh, remove distractions from us. I pray that our focus would be upon what you have for us for this morning. Lord, I don't believe it's an accident that we're here. I believe that you had intended and you had purpose for every person to be here this morning because you have something for us that will help us and challenge us and change us and Lord, for those here this morning or those who may be listening that do not know Christ as their Savior, I pray that today would be the day of their salvation and may they not miss the opportunity they have to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We pray in His precious name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. And I know it's uh, full this morning. Um, When I saw Brother Travis coming up to the front row, I thought revival broke out. And then I realized it's just that it's crowded this morning. And then on this side, we're trying to get folks in, and if you need to spread out a little bit, uh, our bus teams have left, and we've got some other seats up front. Um, I'd just like to see some people up on the front row we've never seen on the front row before. Um, Brother Gary, your being here got one of our deacons, Brother Charles Bryant, to the second row. And um, Brother uh, Randy and Miss Pam, I did not, almost didn't recognize you sitting on that. I don't know if I've ever seen you on that side of the auditorium. We're going to have a good time together today. And then next Sunday, and then starting in January, we'll get back to our two services. And uh, as you can see, there is a reason for that. It gets a little crowded, and uh, we're thankful for uh, the, the problem that we have with a lot of people coming. That's not a problem, by the way. That's a blessing, and we're thankful for that. Isaiah 55, in verse number 6, is a verse that I remember memorizing as a child. I remember we had a little chorus we used to sing in our class, a call on the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he's near. And I remember in this Bible, I went back and found this Bible. This was the first Bible that I had that survived. I think I got it when I was eight or nine. I don't know what happened to the ones before that, but 
I had this Bible and I went back and sure enough, that verse was, uh, is marked in this Bible, Isaiah 55, 6, and it's highlighted. As a matter of fact, it was interesting. I don't have any other markers in this Bible except in this page I found this week. I found one marker and it's a, a, a gospel track with Christmas. It says the best gift and it's got Christmas presents and a Christmas tree and I'm not superstitious or spooky. I didn't think that's why, you know, God put it there because I was supposed to preach this message before Christmas. But Isaiah 55, 6 is a powerful verse. It says that we are to seek, to look for, to go after, to do all we can to find the Lord. But it says this, while he may be found. Then it says we're to call upon him while he is near. This message this morning is not just to lost people, although if you're here today and we use the term lost, meaning that you do not know Jesus Christ as Savior and you don't know for sure where you will spend eternity, you don't know if you're going to heaven, you don't know if you're going to hell, you don't know, I've got news for you, you're lost. But the good news is that somebody is looking for you. His name is Jesus and he came from heaven the Bible says in Luke 19, to seek and to save that which was lost. And you say, I don't know how I can get to heaven. I don't know how I can get eternal life. Well, guess what? Jesus already did all the work. He paid the price and he's coming today. He's looking for you. It's not an accident that you're here. It's not a coincidence that you came to church this morning. It's because Jesus wanted you to know that he died to save you. And that's the good news of the gospel. That's the good news of the Christmas story. But this message is not just for the lost, but here is a, a challenge for Christians. Did you know that seeking the Lord is something we must do on a daily basis? If you wait from Sunday to Sunday to seek the Lord, you're in trouble. If you wait from Sunday till Wednesday to seek the Lord, you're in trouble. If you wait from Christmas till the new year to seek the Lord, that's not enough. Seeking the Lord is something that we must do on a daily basis. I want you to notice in this passage, Isaiah 55, I want to give you a few thoughts quickly on why people do not find the Lord. Why don't people find the Lord? By the way, everybody needs Jesus. It's not a select few. It's not just certain people who are more needy or people who have a heart. No, no, no. Everybody needs a Savior. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us is in need. I heard the story a while back and it talked about a man who had gotten saved over on a mission field and it was a, a, a foreign country and uh, he got saved and he trusted Jesus and he forsook the idols and he forsook the false gods. And someone asked him, they said, why did you get saved? Why did you trust in Jesus? And the man said, well, he said, it's kind of like this. If you were traveling down a road you'd never been on and you came to a fork in the road and leading one way was a man that was alive and he was pointing you this way. And on the other road was a man that was dead and he was indicating you should go this way. He said, which road would you take? And I'll tell you which road I want to take. I want to take the road of the living Savior. I want to take the road of a God who is alive and well and a God who's on the throne. Can I tell you all the other religions of the world have one thing in common? 
Their founder, their leader is dead and he's in the grave. But I'm glad for Christians we know that our Savior, Jesus Christ, is alive and well. But why don't people find the Lord? I want you to notice in verse number 1, Isaiah 55, it says, Ho, and that's not what Santa Claus says at Christmas time. That word, ho, is an exclamation. It's like if we were trying to get your attention this morning and we would say, hey, hey, over here, look, look, I need to tell you something. I need you to, I need you to see this. Hey, whoa, 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 hang on right here. That word ho is an exclamation to grab your attention. And Isaiah is preaching here and he says, ho, everyone that thirsteth. Now, I knew this would happen this morning. The morning I preach about being thirsty, I'm up here dying of thirst. It's, it's, you know, when you've been thinking about it, and I don't usually have water up here, and if you have to have water in the, in the pews or whatever for, for your health, well, I understand that. We're, you know, we don't bring in soda and coffee and, and chips and popcorn and all that. This is the auditorium. But, you know, it's amazing that every one of us have a thirst that's more than physical. We all have a spiritual thirst. That's why people are looking for something that'll satisfy, and that's why so many people are frustrated. It's sad because at Christmas time, everybody thinks, oh, this new gadget is going to make me happy. Oh, this new toy is going to make me happy. This new, this new hunting rifle. Now, that might do it. No, this new hunting rifle, this new outfit, this new purse, these new clothes, this new computer, this is going to make me happy. Friend, it won't make you happy for very long because it's temporal. There's only one thing that can satisfy your eternal thirst. But the Bible says, Ho, everyone that is thirsty, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye and buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine. That wine signifies joy and gladness. And milk signifies nourishment and strength. And come and get what you need. And you can have what you need. And it's already been paid for. Can I tell you this verse here, verse 1, it talks about a thirst for the blessings of God. A thirst for the provision of God. A thirst for the refreshing of God. But I see why people don't find the Lord. Number one, we're not longing for God. We're not thirsting for God like what we should. Uh, this was years ago. I, 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 love, I love all my in-laws, but there, I have a, my wife, one of her brothers. At the time, he was in Iowa. He's still there, but this was many years ago. And they came to visit us. I think it might have been around Christmas time. I forget what time of the year it was, but they came to California to visit us. My brother-in-law lived in a, a town of 6,000 people out in the cornfields of Iowa, and so when you go to a big city, there's just certain things that you can get there you can't get any other place. And we were going to all go out to eat as a family. I think, um, I think it was the first time we took Lacey and Savannah out after they were born. So maybe it was the fall of the year. But we, were, we had it all set. We were going to go. And Brother Dan, I'm breaking another rule. Now I'm talking about food. And I don't have, I don't have this to offer you after church, so I apologize in advance. But we were going to go to the... Cheesecake Factory. Now, if you've never been to the Cheesecake Factory, I'm telling you, it will change your life, and it'll change your weight, and it'll change a whole lot, but it's incredible. And we went to the Cheesecake Factory, and we got there, and it was in, Brother Dan, it was in Palo Alto, I think, and we were there, and my, my wife's brother, he got there a little early, 
And he saw across the street, he saw there was a, a specialty cupcake shop he had heard all about. And so he's already planning, I'm going to get some cupcakes after we eat. And then he saw right next to the, that uh, uh, cupcake shop, there was a specialty coffee shop. He said, oh, I've been, I've, been, I've been looking forward to some of that. So we go to the Cheesecake Factory, and we eat. And I'm not kidding you, their, their plates are almost this big. I mean, it's unbelievable. And, and of course, you got to eat it all because it's so good, you know. So he eats his meal. And you know what comes after the meal at Cheesecake Factory? Cheesecake, you guessed it. And do you think my brother-in-law passed up on cheesecake? Absolutely not. How could you pass up? So he eats a meal, and he eats the cheesecake, and he gets done, and he's not hungry, but he already had his mind made up. I got to go get some cupcakes. Now, I'm not talking about the little store-bought cupcakes that are like this. I'm talking about cupcakes that are, are, are giant, that are massive, cupcakes on steroids. And he went over and got himself a cupcake. And then, of course, you got to go get the specialty coffee. And, of course, the specialty coffee is not just coffee. It's sugar and, and, and caffeine. And all. I mean, it was incredible. He had himself a feast. Whether he was hungry or not, he was going to get all of that. I think he was sick that night, too, when he got home. But, you know, as Christians, you know why we're not thirsty for God like what we should be? Because we're so filled up with this world. We're so filled up with things and we're so filled up with, uh, with the, the, the computer and the television. And, and I think you can use the computer for good. We do. We've got a Facebook page and the Bible is preached and, and, and the ministry is sent up. But can I tell you, if you live your life on the computer and you live your life uh, on the television and you live your life for things of this world, you will be so full of stuff that doesn't satisfy it. And things that do not quench the thirst that you have in you. Psalm 63, David said, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and barren land where no water is. Can I tell you, there needs to be a thirst for God. I hope especially at Christmas time, we'll take time to seek the Lord. We make time for sports and we make time for hobbies. And I'm not against those things, but may we not forsake seeking God at the expense of these other things. But may we get time with Jesus this week. May we get time in the Bible every day and may we spend time in prayer and may we long for God to bless. Many Christians are malnourished. They're so full, but they're full of junk and they don't allow the waters and the blessings and the, the, the provision and the goodness of God to fill their lives. Number one, there's no longing. Number two, in this passage I see, there's no listening. It says in verse number three, incline. I mean, it literally means to bend your ear. It means to, to, to be very, very sure that you hear what God is getting ready to say. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear and your soul shall live. Can I tell you, we live in a day when people do not listen. We have mastered the art, have we not, of pretending to listen. But we're not listening. We have become in a society, we've become a society that is very good at interrupting. And by the way, we're all guilty. We interrupt, um, we, we formulate our response while someone's talking so that we're ready to say what we want to say when they get done. 
uh, we, 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 we have the cell phone and the TV and all this stuff going and we're not listening and God wants to speak. But we live in a society where we have, we have uh, uh, become so, so enamored with all the stuff that we don't listen to what God has to say. Sometimes we do that with our spouse. Sometimes we do that with our children. May I encourage you and challenge you as I challenge myself, especially during this Christmas season, don't tune out your spouse. Don't tune out your children. Don't tune out your family. Of all times, this ought to be a time where we listen and we, uh, we communicate with one another. Listen to the people that God has placed in your life. You know, God's given many of us, God's given us some spiritual mentors. You know, the amazing thing about mentors and the amazing thing about spiritual advisors is they're not going to come and shake you in most cases to get your attention. They're waiting for you to come. Jesus in the Bible, he offers, he offers, he says, come unto me. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. He says, look unto me. Jesus says, follow me. Jesus says, call unto me. But Jesus is not going to twist your arm. Jesus is not going to grab you by the neck and stick you up against a wall and say, you better listen to me or else. Oh, no. But he calls and he offers and he wants to help, but he's waiting for us to listen. Revelation 3.20, the Bible says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open, Jesus said, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. We're not listening. God is speaking to you this morning. God is speaking to me this morning. God has something to say. Maybe it's about your marriage. Maybe there's something in your marriage that God is trying to get your attention. Maybe it's about your kids. Maybe it's about uh, your job. Maybe it's about your witness. Maybe it's about your finances. Maybe it's about some friends that you have. Maybe it's about some things in your life that have pulled you away from God. Friend, would you listen to God this morning? Would you respond if God is speaking to your heart? Would you acknowledge it and would you do something with what he says? Maybe there's some here this morning that God's speaking to you about eternity. Maybe God's speaking to you because you don't know where you will spend eternity. Friend, would you listen to God? We don't find the Lord, number one, because we're not longing. Number two, we're not listening. But then number three, I see in verse number six, we're not looking. It says in verse number six, seek. That word seek, it has the idea of looking for something for a purpose. We're not just looking for God so we can say, oh yeah, I found him. Okay, we're good now. But this word seek, it's the idea to seek for a purpose. The Bible tells us that we are to seek the Lord. I think this was a week or two ago. In our garage, we have a little, little playroom set up for the girls and they have a, 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 a monitor in there. They can watch some of their cartoons. And um, we've got a little tables. They can do some crafts. It's a great place for them. They love it. And it's, you know, it's kind of nice every once in a while, too, because there's a door on that garage. And that door locks on the inside, you know. So if you put them in the garage and you lock the door on the inside, you guaranteed some. No, no, I'm, we don't do that. I'm just, just want to make sure you're listening. But the other day I went out there and I, I said to Lacey, I said, Lacey, I said, um, uh, you need to find the remote control. And I didn't look out there. I just said, Lacey, you need to find it and came back in. And a few minutes later, somebody else comes in and says, Lacey, you didn't find the remote control, you know. And is that ever a problem in your home, finding the remote control? 
or, or your keys or whatever it is, but she couldn't find it. And I came out there and I, I said, Lacey, I said, did you look for it? Those are my words. Did you look for it? She looked me in the eyes and she said, Dad, I looked everywhere. Serious as a heart attack. Did you look for it, Lacey? Dad, I looked everywhere. And as I'm looking in her eyes, trying to figure out what in the world's going on, I mean, like, where in the world this thing disappeared to, I looked down. I looked down six inches from her arms that were resting on the table with nothing else on that table, six inches from her arm. Would you like to guess what was sitting there next to her arm on the table? Six inches away. The remote control that she looked everywhere and she couldn't find. Does anyone else have a child like that? Oh, good. I'm not the only one. Chelsea and Amy. Good. And same row. Wow. Does anyone else have a husband like that? No, 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 no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Some of you are like, yeah, we, we know how that goes. You send the husband to find something and he never finds it. But here's, here's the thought. I'm looking at Lacey. She is, she's sincere. She really thinks that she has looked everywhere for that remote. And it is in front of her face the whole time. I looked at her and I said, Lacey, I said, look by your arm. How did that get there? I said, I don't know, Lacey. I said, but I have a hard time believing you looked everywhere when it was six inches from your arm and you didn't see it there. But can I tell you, I'm afraid that's what we are facing in the Christian life. In most, in most of our homes, this is six inches away or six feet away or on the shelf by the door, or on the shelf by your bed, or on the kitchen table. And so many times we say, I can't find the answers. I can't figure out the problem. I can't figure out what I'm supposed to do. And can I tell you, we haven't looked because it's right in front of us. It's the Word of God. And it's got the answers for your life and my life. And we're not looking. We may say we're looking. You say, Pastor, I go to church. And I'm glad you come to church. But friend, just coming to church, you got to somehow, you got to open your spiritual eyes and pray that God would give you vision and give you clarity and help you to see things the way they really are. Not looking is a problem that many Christians face. We're not looking for God. We're not seeking God like we should. You say, well, pastor, I, one of these days I'll seek the Lord. Maybe that's your New Year's resolution for 2020. I'm going to start seeking God, and I'm going to start reading my Bible, and I'm going to start praying, and I'm going to get serious. I'd like for you to notice verse 6 again. This is a very somber verse. Because it says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. That word while, it indicates that there's a certain period of time in which the Lord can be found. He's not going to be found forever. Call ye upon him, the Bible says, while he is near. He's not going to be close forever. Remember the story in Genesis of Noah and the ark? 
I don't know how long it took Noah to build the ark, but the Bible tells us in the New Testament he was a preacher of righteousness for 120 years. He preached for 120 years, but when it all came time to get everybody on the ark, everybody had an opportunity. They all heard the message. They all heard the warning. But when it came time for God to shut the door, it was Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their wives. It was eight people on the ark, and God shut the door. You see, they had time for a while. They had an opportunity, but that opportunity came to an end. I was thinking this morning as I was praying, I thought, you know, I wonder for everyone in this auditorium, I wonder if you will ever get another chance, another opportunity as good as this to get saved. You may not. I wonder if you'll have another opportunity as good as today to get right with God, to get right with your spouse, to get right with your family, to get right with one another. I wonder if you'll ever have an opportunity like this. Call ye upon the Lord while he may be found, while he is near. I've used the illustration before, but if we were to drill a, a hole up in this rafter and we were to attach a, a bolt and we were to tie a rope swing, and if we had that rope swing, and if I had that rope swing here, and if I, I swung it up there to the sound booth, and that rope swung up to the sound booth, and Brother Curry would be there reaching out, and knowing Brother Curry, he'd probably grab on and go for the ride. I mean, he's that adventurous. But if I swung that rope, and it went close to Brother Curry, and it was within his reach, but he didn't grab it, it'd swing back. And then it would swing back again, but the next time... It wouldn't be quite so close. And then the next time, it would be a little farther away. And friend, I don't know when you will breathe your last breath. I don't know when I'll breathe my last breath. I don't know when will be our last opportunities to get saved, to get serious, to get surrendered to God. But I know this, you better do it while you can. That's why Joshua said, choose you this day whom you will serve. How come? Because tomorrow may never come. Or tomorrow, it may not be as good of an opportunity for you as it is today. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.